So uh, many of us have had superheroes that we loved when we were kids uh, or that we still love today. I loved Superman. That was my jam. And I know he's a little bit out of fashion now, but um, when I was younger, he was the coolest. He was strong and he was good. He got to wear hipster glasses and be a journalist in his spare time. I loved Superman and I had the cape and I had the underoos to prove it. Um, my mom tells me a story about going to see a Superman movie when I was about five years old. Um, and she took me, and I just came out of the theater buzzing. I was, uh, was flying around, you know, on my way out of the theater. And mom goes to get her keys out of her purse, and she looks up, and I'm gone. And she starts to, you know, kind of freak out a little bit in that parent kind of way. And she turns around, and she looks, and there I am standing in my Superman pose in the parking lot, in traffic, stopping <laughs> cars. <laughs> And I got to see her superpower in action, which is saving my life and wanting to kill me at the very same time. She was super mom. I was not Superman. Um, But we all have these superheroes that we look up to that we want to be. Superman, uh, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Wonder Woman. And we have these superpowers that we wish that we had, too. The ability to fly, um, to really stop traffic, the ability to have a snooze button that actually stops time in the morning. But I hate to break it to us, but we probably are not going to fly. We're probably not going to be bitten by a radioactive spider. Um, We may be bitten by a radioactive mosquito here in Texas. But as our kids who've been a part of Vacation Bible School this past week have learned, we do have superpowers. We're called to be heroes in this. And so the way we be heroes, the VBS kids learned this past week, was by doing good. All right, you want to say this with me? If you did VBS this week, do good, seek peace, and go after it. Oh, that's awesome. You guys are fantastic. You still remember it. It's been a couple of days. That was our motto this week. And we can be heroes of God's heart and God's powerful love. And so believe it or not, we do have superpowers, Scripture tells us. And one of the most important of those superpowers, Scripture says, is the power of our words. And with great power comes great responsibility, doesn't it? And so Proverbs 18.21 says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, in the words that we say, which may seem extreme at first glance, right? Um, Most of us are not federal judges. Most of us are not on Grey's Anatomy, where you just say stat, and like people come back to life and all of that. But we think about our daily life, our regular experience and our existence, and we know that words have the power to give life, and that words can can squash life too, can't they? And so often as you get older, how you view yourself still to this day is deeply affected by the words that you heard along your journey, how you view your character, your body, your identity, yourself. There have been some life-giving and there have been some life-squashing words spoken to you. We carry with us things that friends and strangers and partners and parents and, like, mean girls in school have said to us. And we remember everything about those words that were spoken to us, what the room looked like, what was playing in the background, the things that were said, and we play those things on a loop so often in our head years later. Words are powerful. 
and it's not just words. Um, my seventh grade best friend, uh, I remember he drew a cartoon of me uh, with a mountain range across my forehead, <laughs> and I still remember everything about the moment that I found that. Uh, that's what best friends did in seventh grade back then. Um, we try to say things like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never what hurt me. Yeah, and that is so not true, is it? I don't know what you've been doing with sticks and stones over your life, but I haven't broken too many bones because of them, but words have really hurt along the way. That words will never hurt me is simply not true. I'm rubber, you're glue. What bounces off me and sticks to you, that is true. So you can live with that one, but words and sticks and stones are not. Words are incredibly powerful, aren't they? In the same way, there have been positive words spoken to us, encouraging formative words spoken into our soul that have given us life and in some way healed some of those negative messages that we've heard, shaped our trajectory, pulled us out of the pits, given us confidence and courage and clarity as to who we were built to be. And we carry them with us to this day, and they were powerful and energizing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, Scripture says, and I think it's true. So there's so many messages that we hear along this life. And we've accumulated so many along our journey. So many that steal life and spirit. So many that give life and spirit. That's why I think it's so important what God of the universe wants to do for us. At the very beginning of this invitation to encounter God, there is this message that God wants to speak into our soul. And it's one of those things that we listen for. In this place, that the God of the universe who created you and knows you, who knows how you were made, who knows your uniqueness, loves you and thinks you are ridiculously awesome and unspeakably beautiful and a pretty good hang along the way. That God of the universe wants to speak a true word into your soul, and it is simple, that God so loves you. That God so loves you and that God so loved this whole world. The whole world, no matter what. No matter your nationality or your identity, your gender, whether you're tall or short or gay or straight or rich or poor or superman or just like average man, God loves you and has purpose for you and hopes for you and plans for you. And when we can hear that word spoken to us and hear it, deeply in the depth of our soul. It is so important because amidst all of the other messages that we hear in this life, those words give life. They fill us up and they set us free from those messages that we've heard and they free us from having to use our word power to fill ourselves up, to justify ourselves, to prop ourselves up by knocking other people down. All the things that we use words for. Instead, We're freed up to use our power for good and to share that message of God's empowering love with those around us. So in every superhero origin story, there's this time when the hero doesn't quite understand what their power is and just how powerful they are. So, you know, Wonder Woman accidentally lassoes her sister or something, and Superman chunks a tractor across the pasture. Uh, Dr. Horrible accidentally vaporizes his pet fish. You know, whatever the story is, there's this moment where we realize just how powerful we are. 
And so we may not do exactly those things, but I think sometimes we don't always realize just how powerful the words that we speak are, even though we felt them and felt their weight in our own lives. When we're speaking, sometimes we forget just how powerful and weighty our words are. And we've had those moments where we start to say something casually, and as soon as it begins to pass our lips, we start grabbing, trying to get it back before it gets out too far. But unfortunately, that's not quite how the laws of physics work. And so that word goes out into the ether. Like early on, a long, 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 long time ago, um, a few months ago, when I was at, uh, at first meal and sitting down to have a meal with our homeless neighbors, and I started the small talk conversation, like I start so many small talk conversations, with this innocuous question, so where do you guys live? And as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I say? As soon as it gets off my tongue, and there was no amount of apology or pretending like I was just asking what shelter they were staying in to correct that life-squashing power of my words. Luckily, these friends were kind and gentle with me, and they just smiled and said, well, my car is out in the parking lot, and I, oh man, I wish I could have slowed down and thought a little bit. We all have our stories, right, of those moments where we say something that we really wish we could have back. And we all have those stories, but I want you to know that I am probably the reason that the Bible spends so much time talking about this stuff. Probably I am the reason that James, the book we've been journeying through this summer, tells us and cautions us to slow down and be careful and reminds us that our words have power. He says in James chapter 1, verse 19, you must understand this, my beloved. Those who've been spoken love by God into our souls, let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Slow down. Because with great Power comes great responsibility. So listen, go slow, be careful. Because in our relationships, our workplaces, our homes, with our partners or with our kids, when we speak, it has weight, it has impact. And if we're not careful, we will chunk a bowling ball thinking that it's a bouncy ball and it's just going to bounce around and the impact it has can last in that same way that we carry discouragement or encouragement for the words that we've received throughout our life, people around us are often carrying the life-giving or the life-squashing power of our words with them. And so we have a choice. When, what comes out of our mouth? Does it give life or does it squash it? So, like I said, we've been journeying this summer through the book of James, this amazing book about the triumphant power of mercy and the life that's lived in the power of God's mercy and love. And James, in the midst of this, really, 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 really wants us to realize just how powerful our words are. And so he spends like a whole chapter making it really clear in vibrant language and analogies. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I want to give you a couple of highlights so we can hear this and remember just how weighty our words are. So let's take a deep breath, and let's dive in, and let's hear some of that hard truth that sometimes we find. For all of us make many mistakes. Yes, (laughs) that is so incredibly true. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle, a bridle, the kind of bit that you put into a horse's mouth. It says if we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide 
their whole bodies. Just a small thing can affect a large organism in the whole course of our life. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pirate directs, so also the tongue is a very small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. And man, how we can affirm that, that sometimes those little sparks that come out of our mouth set something ablaze that we have a hard time putting out. And we know that. Sometimes we forget it in the moment and at first meal, but our words matter. And so much of this world is on fire with negativity, isn't it? So much of the world is on fire by those little sparks that take off and get away from us and can harm relationships in a way that we just can't heal, even if we're Mr. Freeze. Uh, Of course, Mr. Frosty can do a good job of healing those fires in our soul like it did for my family last night. Um, But at the end of James's little diatribe about the tongue, he gets to the heart of why this is so incredibly important to us and to our God. So here's what he says. He says, with the tongue, we bless the Lord and Father. And with it, with that same tongue, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers and sisters. And this ought not to be so. Boom. (laughs) James drops the mic and gets to the heart of this matter, and how I wish we could all hear this and know this, and how I wish that we, as, as people who proclaim followers of God, could hear this, and what a message we would have if with that same mouth that we bless our God, we bless our neighbors around us. It ought to be so, and I'm so, so glad and thankful when I see that and when we get an opportunity to live that out. Because James is, is talking to us seriously about this. He's calling us to live with this powerful realization that the people around us, in our homes and in our schools, in our workplace and in our world, all of them are loved by God, are children of God, created in their diversity, in God's image, and spoken into their souls as a powerful message of God's incredible love and purpose for their life. And so who are we to speak another message. We want to speak God's message into the souls of those around us. So knowing that, that our words are powerful and that with great power comes great responsibility, how can we use our words to speak that same message of grace and love into the life of those around us? Scripture has a lot to say about this, luckily, because I need to hear a lot in my life. But I want to turn to a passage in Ephesians that I think summarizes how we can use our words for, in the phrasing of EBS, let's do it again, to do good, to seek peace, and to go after it. Yes. All right, that was a little bit less enthusiastic than it was the first time. All right, let's try it again. Ready? Do good, seek peace, and go after it. All right, cool. Now you can uh, keep up with my three-year-old son who says that at the top of his lungs. So here's what Ephesians 4.29 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that your words may give grace. 
to those who hear. That's kind of it, isn't it? A great summary of a super powerful way of using our words for good. When we put that into practice, we can truly give life to the world around us. So I want to kind of step through that a little bit piece by piece. But first I want to go back to that very first little phrase, unwholesome talk, unwholesome talk. Uh, Sometimes we can simplify that to just like not saying wordy dirds as we go through our life. But it's so much more than that. The Greek here means rotten. Rotten, like rotten food or rotten fish that is spoiled. Essentially, don't let that stuff that is rotten and life-squashing come out of our mouth. Negativity, gossip, dishonesty, too much honesty at the wrong times. Those things that can tear down and corrupt and suck life away. That fish breath stuff. Don't let it come out of our mouths, the author says. Instead, Let what comes out of our mouths only be, only be, not just a mix, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. There's so much wisdom in just that little phrase, what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Building others up was this common term in construction for building a building or adding on to a structure. Uh, Our words should build someone up, should add to someone's life, should be constructive in helping them become who they were built to be and knowing who they are. And every time you do that, you're using your words in a powerful, life-giving way. But maybe the most important part of this phrase is that line, according to their needs, according to their needs. Not our own need to say it, of course, but according to the needs of the people around us. And this presupposes that we know the needs of the people around us and invites us to listen and pay attention to the needs around us and attend to them and to listen, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because when we listen to those around us, to those in our household, when we really listen to someone and who they are and what they hope, when we hear them, yes, we also can hear the voice of the God who unites us and the voice of the God who loves those around us. And it's that spirit and that invitation to be a part of God building up this person as who they were built to be that leads us to that life-giving, building up, powerful word. And so we simply ask, what do the people around us need to hear? Spouses, partners, what does your partner need your words to say to them? What do you need to say? Sometimes what we need to say is, I'm with you no matter what. I believe in you. I trust you. You're worthy of 100% of my affection. Work is busy, life is busy, kids are crazy, but you are the most important thing. I'm with you. If they could hear that from us, if we could say that and speak it, it could build them up and bring life to our relationships. Parents, what do your kids need to hear from you? Your kids need to hear your unconditional love, your love of who they are, not what they do. They need to hear your trust that you are their biggest cheerleader. Kids, maybe your parents need to hear a word from you too. Maybe they need to hear that you appreciate and that you see all that they do for your family and how hard they work out of love for you. 
And then when you speak that to him, they'll, they'll need to hear your calm, reassuring voice because they will have fainted and passed out at that. <laughs> Bosses, you'll, when was the last time you pulled an employee aside and said, that I appreciate you and you are valuable? Employees, when was the last time we said to our manager, to our boss, I appreciate your leadership and the team that you've created? These are life-giving words. Teachers, as we go back to school, you can offer your students a word that helps them become who God built them to be. When they hear that, when they know that you believe in them, that you're for them, that you see them and hear them, you can give a word into their soul that they will never forget. And students, you can offer your teachers a word that helps them show back up on Monday morning. (laughs) These words are powerful. So you may not be in an environment or have come from a family where those affirmation and affirming words were given out regularly, and it may be really difficult for you. And I get that, I get that. But I, I would ask over this next week and the weeks to come that you would try it. Because your words have weight and impact, and they matter. They have the weight to build up a soul. And this is the life and the way that God calls us to use the power, our superpower, of our words. Because so many out there are trying hard and struggling, but your words have the power to bring life and to build up those very places where we have the most need. We need to listen to our world. And right now, honestly, if we listen to the voices of our world, we'll hear that there are many people in our culture, across our globe, right here in our city, who don't feel safe right now, who feel vulnerable because of how they were born or where they were born, how they love, how they voted, their religion, the language they speak, the color of their skin that they serve as first responders in our world, and on and on. There's vulnerability, there's fear, there's a lack of feeling of safety. And you, in your words, have the power to make safe spaces, to protect the vulnerable, to offer a kind word like a cool drink in this world that is so on fire. Not just that we don't partake in conversations or unwholesome Facebook threads, but as our baptismal vows in the Methodist Church say, that we oppose the forces of wickedness wherever they present themselves. We need to speak clearly and speak up. Reject racism and bigotry and violence and hatred and malice and sexism and division because of differing political views use our words to say we may disagree with each other, but I will never denigrate you because our God is love. And those are the words I'm called to speak into our world and to live out the separation of church and hate and to honor those who are created in the image of God. So we can say with everything we are and everything that comes out of our mouth, we will do our best to bless our neighbor with the same mouth that we bless our God. And to say into our world, it may be difficult. It may be on fire out there, and I'm sorry for that, but it will not be difficult with me. 
It will not be difficult with us. It will not be difficult in here. We will stand with you and we will stand for you. You are safe here and you are loved no matter what. Because that's the message of our God. And those words are powerful. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that your words may give grace to those who hear, Ephesians says. Our words are super powerful, but the real life-changing power of our word comes in that very last part of, of the verse, that your words may give grace to those who hear. Grace is, is this church word, but it's a powerful word for God's loving powerful work in our world and in our lives. And the real power of our words comes when it intersects with the heart of our God. The real power comes from what God does with the life-giving words we speak. God can use our words to transform. Your words can be those that our kids hear, that your co-workers hear, your spouses and the vulnerable hear and carry with them. Build them up forever. It's like God takes the right word at the right time and embeds it deep into the soul and multiplies it and builds life from it. And from the words we speak, we have no idea what hangs in the balance, but we know that when we speak life, it has life-giving power. So part of my origin story is this, that I stand here today because Patsy Davis, this older lady who I respected, that I went to church with, spoke into my life one day. Uh, I was at church on a Sunday, and they were honoring, like, the pastors and all these dudes in suits and stuff that uh, I was just watching it happen. And after the service, I was shaking hands with people in the aisles, and she said to me, Jonathan, (laughs) I can see you in that line of leaders. And I could not see myself in a suit But in that moment that she spoke that to me, I laughed a little bit sheepishly because little did she know, I was working in another field at the time, but I was wrestling with this call that I felt in my life and I could not imagine how anyone could see that, how I could live this call out that I was feeling from God to be a part of what God was up to in the world. And she spoke into my life and the words that she spoke fell on me like a bowling ball, but a good bowling ball. And little did she know that I was already wrestling with that. And little did she know that that very next Monday, someone would come, a friend of mine would ask me, hey, do you know anyone who might be interested in helping direct campus ministry at the local college? And little did she know, I would say, I think I might know someone who might be interested in that. And little did she know that a decade later, I'd be standing here, gathered with you, She had no idea what hung in the balance of life-giving words into my soul, but she chose to speak a life-giving word to me. And God took her words and embedded them in my soul and gave me grace, and it was powerful, super powerful, in helping me become who I think I just might be built to be. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of your words, the life it will give, what God will do when it intersects with grace, when God embeds it deeply in the souls of those around you. But I know that when you speak words that are helpful for building others up according to their needs, it will give life and grace 
to those who hear them every single time. And in this world that needs it so much, that is a God-sized superpower. Let's pray together. God, what a calling to speak words that give life, God, that build up, that minister according to the needs of those around us. What a high calling, God. But we want to do it. We, as Open, want to be a community that speaks life into our world, that listens to the hearts and the needs of our neighbors and speaks your graceful word. And so we say this, God, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart deliver the message of our loving God to a world who needs to hear it.